0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
0: kelly how the hell are the flyers so bad what the hell happened
1: great question welcome to checking out the competition washington capitals we are joined once again from the future greg young is joining us from all the way in wait i'm gonna see if i remember denmark
0: no close okay yeah yeah no that's a very good guess because i am actually going to be in denmark in three days i uh I'm I'm currently studying right now at Leiden University, which is in the Netherlands. It's actually about like, yeah, 20, 30 minutes south of Amsterdam. Uh, Although I am going to be fleeing in like two days to uh, go spend Christmas with my fiance in Denmark. uh, So I'm really looking forward to that. That
1: sounds lovely. Thank you for joining us from the future. No problem. A little bit about a good hockey team and the Flyers. Um. (laughs) <laughs> been, well,
0: we were just talking about that, right? Like, I'm, I'm bummed yeah. almost because, like, you guys have been bad, so it's hard for me to, like, f- 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 find a ton of animosity still.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, it's not fun. Like, you know, I remember when the Flyers were good and, like, they would play, I don't know, the Red Wings or something when the Red Wings were bad, you know, a few years ago. And that was like, you know, you don't really get up for a game like that. Because it's like, yeah, the Flyers are going to win. Detroit sucks. Who cares? Which I would imagine is how every single opposing fan base feels when they see the Flyers on the calendar at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's weird, you know, because like I was...
1: Yeah, you had said
0: like, okay, well, I mean, the division's been weird this year, right? Because I think going into the year, you were like, okay, Carolina's probably going to be the best team in the division. And, you know, they've more or less kept that, I think, right? And then you're like, okay, the rest of it might be a mess. People seem to really love the Islanders this year. I don't know why. I was always a little weirded out by that, but fine, people like them. And then there was like, all right, there's these like two other playoff spots maybe between four teams, right? And it really and the Flyers were absolutely like right in there with like Capitals and the you know the Penguins and uh, I guess the Rangers and you you, you kind of get into the year and you're like oh I guess this was not at all how I thought this was going to be and uh, the Islanders are terrible which I enjoy and uh, you know you guys also haven't been very good which is uh, I think been more of a surprise for me than I would have thought.
1: Yeah, I, I think everyone was expecting this to be just this like tightly contested, really competitive division. And it is shaking out to be Carolina, the Rangers, and the Caps, and then Pittsburgh, kind of trying to get up in there. Yeah, they, they've been on
0: fire recently, and also their like underlying numbers are fantastic. So I, yeah. I, would, I they've won a lot in a row. I would expect that to continue with them.
1: And then Columbus, Philly, Jersey, and the Islanders are just like dog shit. Yes and it's, well, it's like you see you look at
0: dom's predictions right now for or his like his model for the playoffs and he basically says like the eastern playoffs are already decided and we're like not even in, we're like what halfway through december we kind of know who the who the eight teams are which i don't know it's kind of boring right like i was hoping for a little more chaos although as a capital saying i will say it's actually nice to kind of it's always it's, it's always nice with this team when they kind of get out to these big leads because then you're like all right like if i don't catch a game in like Mid January, I'm not going to beat myself up too much, which is doubly true for me now because all these games are on at one in the morning.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's a lot of fun for you. I can't even be bothered to watch a Flyers game at 10 p.m. So,
0: yeah, you you just kind of the strategy is you log off Twitter like right before the game. I call it's for me it's called going to sleep. That's always that's always a good way to log <laughs> off Twitter, and then and then I wake up at 6 a.m. here and uh, try not to see anything, and then watch the uh, watch the replay on ESPN Plus. That's kind of that's kind of my game plan.
1: Good strategy. Yeah. So the Flyers played the Capitals a little over a month ago, November sixth. Somehow managed to win that game. That must have you been, did.
0: That was kind of a weird, random game.
1: It really was, and it was definitely before everything went completely tits up for the Flyers. So it was yeah. back in the before <laughs> time. Um, and so yeah, much now, back then, huh? Right. Yeah. And and now <laughs> that's all dead. Um, Sorry. but. The, Capitals have been continuing to play pretty good hockey, but um, dropped one to Chicago earlier in the month. Managed to beat Buffalo, but just in a shootout, which is surprising to me. Although Buffalo has kind of been doing a weird thing where they're winning games. And then uh, lost to Chicago last also night. Also in a shootout. Or in yeah. overtime, sorry, overtime. Overtime, yeah. So we're recording this ahead of the Caps games with Winnipeg and L.A., so we'll see how they do there. But um, I guess generally, how has the last month been for the Capitals? I mean, they're, they're playing
0: well, I think, right? Like the games against Buffalo or the, the two games against Chicago, they dominated possession wise pretty heavily last, last night. And, you know, they I, I think in general, they've been good. Like I, you know, I've been impressed by them. We've actually been talking a lot of the year about just how good they've been and how it's kind of surprising how good that they've been, because I didn't have them pegged for really more than a bubble team this year. I think along with the rest of the crew at Japers rank and Yeah, we've been really uh, kind of pleasantly surprised with the way they played. And uh, I haven't really seen anything in the last month that's given me a ton of pause. There was a... Slight erosion in their defensive numbers, which then kind of precipitated their defensive play lately, which hasn't been great. But at the same time, like you know, their their underlying play is still strong. They're starting to get guys back, although right now they have Kuznetsov on the COVID list. Although he might not be there by the time uh, the Flyers game goes. I think it's kind of still an open question about what the deal is there with that. um And yeah, so they're 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 playing well. They have a very good kind of stable team. Laviolette, I think, has fit very nicely with what they're looking to do. Do. And uh really the formula for the Capitals this year has been um elite finishing talent, which they again have, they again lead the league in 5v5 shooting percentage, a uh really good, strong shot suppression defense, which they have this year. Thank you, Peter Laviolette. He seems to do that wherever he goes, and average goal And uh they've mostly behead that. Uh, you know, there's been ups and downs with different things, but I've been I've been impressed by them this year, and uh I think. It, I had them kind of like, oh, the window discussion, they're kind of at the end of that. But actually, I, you know, maybe windows are kind of an artificial construct, anyways. And uh, I had uh, Micah Blake McCurdy on Japer's Rink Radio a couple of weeks ago, and that's what he told me. And he's smarter. That makes so I'm all different to him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually uh, did one with him for the Suns game that the Flyers are playing ahead of this Washington game.
0: Oh, that's a great get. Isn't
1: he awesome? <laughs> I mean, I lived with him for six months. He's like my favorite person in the world. I turned, I, it went very quickly from, hey, tell me about the senators to, hey, explain to me why my life is falling apart and the Flyers can't win hockey games.
0: (laughs) I'm sure he had very good statistical answers for both of those things. Very,
1: it's, it's really sometimes nice to get like a very dispassionate, but very informed opinion well not even really opinion but like a look from the outside at your hockey team because it's very hard to do that like I know that we are podcasters and we do some blogging stuff but like I don't know about you but I'm still just like a fan like I'm not a professional like this is the team that I feel a lot of stupid emotional feelings for so it's hard sometimes yeah well, it's, that's always the tricky part
0: with, like, SB Nation as a concept, right? It's not, yeah, to, not to get too yeah. existential here, right? But, like, you know, it's like – I you because you, you see people at SBN and you see people at Japers frank and you've seen people at, you know, Broad Street Hockey be, like, go the professional route. And that's awesome. And I'm really happy for them. But, like – you know, I think for those of us that have full-time jobs, which pretty much everyone at Japers Rink does now, I think uh, now that Sammy has uh, decided to, you know, go go do be a Capitals journalist, which is awesome for her. I'm thrilled about that. But you know, it it's it's like always kind of a tricky balancing act, right? Because like I'd like to not, I'm not going to be uh, on Japers Rink like radio. My kind of philosophy is I try not to refer to the team as we. That's like something I don't like doing for whatever reason. But at the same time. I don't know, like, clearly I'm a fan, right? So it's, like, kind of an interesting balance. And I think it's, it's like, I think SBN for a lot of people is, like, right at the crux between the two of them.
1: Yeah, because I, I do feel like a lot of, like, listeners and readers think of us as, like, people that cover hockey.
0: Um, yeah. But yeah, we kind of do, right? Like, I feel an obligation at times to watch, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Last night in particular, I was, like, I... Want to do nothing less than watch this hockey game, but I was on the tweets <laughs> for the brand, so I had to like actively watch the game, and it was honestly Greg torture. Um, but that's yeah, how When it? you're when you're bad, it's really frustrating. Like
0: I yeah, like I mean I'm a I'm also a national fan, and uh, I don't have the same professional obligations with them. Um, again, I'm classifying as professional obligations, but like and then I can. It's just kind of depressing to watch bad teams. It's just there's something very frustrating as a sports fan about that.
1: It really is. Um, but anyway, sorry, <laughs> sorry. a little bit of a tangent there. I did want to talk about um, the goaltending for the Capitals. Yeah. Because one thing when I was just kind of like glossing over the stats page, um, the goaltenders are kind of, it's definitely a 1A, 1B situation down there, huh? They're almost equal in starts. 14 for Vanacek, 16 for Samsonov. Yeah. Numbers wow. are practically equal, 908 and 910. Yeah. Um, which one of them do you think is better?
0: Oh, uh, I think right now Ilya Samsonov is, is the starting goalie, right? Like that's the I think. I, and Vtex started the year. I think in that role wasn't he started out okay, then wasn't great, and then Samsonov out west. The yeah, you know, the Capitals did the classic like West Coast road trip where they play like five games in eight days or whatever the hell they did right those games I I could never want to be on those te- uh, on a team during those and Samsonov was really good throughout these the stretch and he then kind of just won the starting job right like he's he has the vast majority of the recent starts and he's looked I would say a lot better than than Vtech um the kind of classic distinction between the two at least among Capital Sands, is that Vtech is probably the kind of H- higher higher floor, lower ceiling type goalie, right? Like he's gonna probably make some most of the saves from long distance that you would hope he'll make. And then, you know, he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna pull a lot of dominant Hasek style saves. Whereas Samsonov, I think the key with him is just about reliability, right? Like you want Ilya Samsonov, if he has his head screwed on straight, I think he's clearly the more talented goalie. He was the first round pick, although Vitek was the second round pick, but. Mm-hmm. Sam Sonov has the higher pedigree, and you can kind of see why he'll make a lot of saves that really, you know, kind of are remarkable-looking saves. And he's very athletic in the crease, but he's like I said, the mental issue, the kind of mental aspect for the with the uh, with him in the game is not always as strong. So. I think with, with right now, Samsonov is the starting goalie. And uh, I would, uh, obviously, who the hell knows, because we're recording this, uh, I think, a few days in advance here. But, you know, you would imagine that uh, kind of all things being equal, he would probably be the starting goalie, unless COVID weirdness happens, which it might.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to put that out of my mind and just pretend that all of these games are definitely going to happen as scheduled. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it's yeah. not great. <laughs> uh,
1: so, I mean, it's, these are getting frustrating for me, Greg, because it's like normally I would be like, hey, so what can the Flyers do to beat the Capitals? But I'm looking at it and I'm like, they're not, they're not gonna. So,
0: well, I mean, I, I don't know. Hockey is really, really weird and really random, right? Like, you have the, I mean, I don't know, the best team against the worst team, there's still like a 30% chance or whatever that the best team's gonna, that the best team's gonna lose. And 30% happens all of the time. So I don't know, like maybe you guys yeah. will win because maybe you, maybe we're playing Carter, or maybe the Caps are playing Carter Hart and, you know, all of a sudden Carter Hart uh, has a good game or maybe we'll play Martin Jones and maybe not because Martin Jones seems <laughs> like he's not very good this year, which uh, doesn't really surprise me, but there we are.
1: All right, let me take off my ER hat and get back to it. So <laughs> um, Alexander Ovechkin is doing Ovi things, which for me personally, I find very fun. And yes. one of the things that I ended up talking about with Micah during that Sons podcast was the fact that Ovechkin, while obviously an elite scoring talent, relies heavily on his team members getting him the puck so that he yes. can score the goals. Um, I would imagine, uh, what's his face, Kuznetsov is a big part of that um but when ovi is on the ice obviously all eyes are going to be on him but who should we be looking at as the guy that's going to get ovi the puck so that he scores the goals
0: yeah so i mean for a while the line was um kuznetsov tom wilson you know i know everyone hates tom wilson but uh there you go and, and i right and you look at kind of the way that line played together and they fit really well together uh I, I, you've been right uh and, and uh michael was right that evgeny kuznetsov has been fantastic this season just nothing short of absolutely fantastic he has i think been engaged which is always the question in kuznetsov right because there's no doubt in Kuznetsov's talent it's just does he feel like being an elite player tonight and uh we know that because he's literally said that in years past that there are times he doesn't feel like being an elite player and uh you know then he is not and you can see it but this year he's been really engaged i think i think that uh you know before him going on the covid protocol list i was going to say that i think just being free of covid has been helpful for him so i guess we'll see what that's like when he's back but you know i think that he he said that the joy is back in his game that was a quote that kind of caught a lot of people's ears uh back when he said it at the start of the year and i think you've really seen it like Ovechkin is great and he's very creative and very interesting about how he gets his shots off but you're right like Ovechkin needs Kuznetsov and he needs Tom Wilson to be getting him the puck in scoring areas right like or they Ovechkin needs to them to be moving around right and Ovechkin can make great passes which he's decided to also do this year because he's fourth in the NHL in assists because he's just really good but. But at the same time, like, you do need Kuznetsov and you need Tom Wilson to do a lot of the skating. And they've been willing to do that this year. And as a result, uh, I mean, look at the results you can the those I mean, the Capitals, I think, are outscoring teams, like, basically two to one when Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Wilson are on the ice together. And uh, that's – they've just been fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's not a coincidence that, yes, Ovechkin's – I think the league lead again in points, which is just unbelievable. But – At the same time, you look at it and Kuznetsov's right there and Tom Wilson's right up there too in terms of total points in in the league. So it's not just the Alex Ovechkin show. And in fact, I think if Kuznetsov was not like, if Kuznetsov played like he did maybe the last three years, we're not talking about Ovechkin being right up there and the hard consideration again. We're probably talking about him being, you know, nowhere near as good because they've actually been really bad on the power play this year, which is kind of another interesting little wrinkle, right? That. With Nicholas Backstrom being out, their power play has looked really bad. And uh, that's hurt Ovechkin from a goal-staring scoring standpoint. And so it's kind of remarkable to think, right, that that line has been doing really amazing things all at even strength. And I think it really does start with Kucinets off at 5v5.
1: Okay, so I think we talked about that last time, that the Caps' power play was bad. So it's still struggling. Yeah, it still sucks. I mean,
0: Nicholas Backstrom is back, and they did score a power play goal last night against the Blackhawks. But the Blackhawks are bad, so I don't I don't know how much to really take that into account. Um, I mean, again, like their yeah their power play has been bad, and you look underlying number wise, and it deserves to be bad. They have not Ovechkin's shot rate on the power play is down. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. generating consistent scoring opportunities, and the opportunities that they've gotten have mostly come from Carl's shots at the point from John Carlson, which. I I think you've started to see teams really give the Capitals that shot, right? And that makes sense because, I mean, Carlson's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. And on top of that, you know, even a Martin Jones-style goalie, if he sees it from as far away as the point, he's going to be able to save it, right? And they're going to be able to save it without generating a lot of rebounds. So I think that they've been really predictable. But again, they've been out without Nicholas Backstrom until last game. So, you know, who knows if that maybe was the root cause of it or not
1: did not realize that Backstrom was back. That's yeah, he's back. He,
0: still, he played his first game against Chicago. Uh, I guess time of recording, I, that would have been Wednesday Wednesday night game. So yeah, he's uh, he's back. And uh, I, I mean, he played basically a full game and uh, I would expect that to continue. Uh, they're playing Winnipeg, as, of, as like I said, as, as of recording, they're playing them tonight and uh, they're going to be without a lot of players, which a lot of teams I think have had to deal with. And uh, so yeah, like I think they're going to need to really lean on Backstrom, which is uh, kind of, Remarkable because he literally played his first game all season uh, uh, two days ago.
1: So hard to know if this is going to stick until next week, but who right now is out of the lineup because of COVID?
0: Yeah, Okay. so that is a good question. So and it's a little confusing because the Capitals have a Canada trip right now. So they have Uh, a couple of players who are now who were off the COVID list are now back they couldn't travel to Canada because I think Canada has the two-week rule, right, if I remember correctly. So the so right now, getting Kuznetsov, I think, is the only one, if they were to play in America, who would need to be on COVID protocol. That, and I think that there's a... Uh, I think the goalie coach is still in COVID protocol. Um, so that's so that's the only one, obviously a huge loss. In the past though, they've also been without uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who is an important third pairing defenseman. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but I promise it's not. And uh, they've also been without um, Nick Dowd and uh, one other guy who I'm forgetting. Oh, and also Tom Wilson's been out a little bit too with uh, not COVID, but with a upper body injury. Although the thought is he's gonna return
1: soon. Okay, so we might see him then next week i think you will i the odds that
0: i think this i mean they they play late next week right or what i I feel bad Uh, this is gonna come out right but tuesday tuesday oh i would i would by tuesday i would expect tom wilson to be back i think at this point and uh i would not expect kuznetsov to be back i would expect Aside from that, unless anything weird happens in Winnipeg and anything or anything happening that we don't know about, which of course could happen, and probably will, I would expect basically a full caps lineup minus Kuznetsov. And or, and uh, my, this is all without Anthony Mantha, too, who is out for, I would say, basically the the rest of the regular season at this point is is what it, what it sounds like.
1: Gotcha. So in any universe in which... The Flyers do not beat themselves in this game and end up playing like a good, a good solid hockey game. Um, sure. Outside of the power play, what are the weak spots that they might be able to take advantage of? Yeah, I mean, the Caps goaltending,
0: like I guess that it's been average. It hasn't been great. Right. And that's one that, you know, I think you would. um uh, you know, particularly if Vitek Vanacek plays, then that might be, uh, he hasn't been great lately. And Sam has been still, I think, a little inconsistent. So that would be kind of one thing I would key in on. I guess the other thing I would say is that I think the Caps depth right now isn't, I mean, they kind of the whole thing with them this year has been they've had to call up a lot of AHL players and they've all played pretty well. But there are limits to that, right? There's limits to how long you could play without you know, like a Manta or they were playing without Oshi for a long time. They're going to be presumably playing without Kuznetsov on Tuesday. There's just limits to like how much depth can really do for you at at a certain point when you have that kind of star caliber talent missing. So I would say kind of depth down the lineup. Lars Eller was one one guy I'd say who hasn't been playing super well, but actually lately he's been a little better. So, yeah, I mean, the Caps are playing really well right now. They don't have a ton of obvious weaknesses unless COVID slash injuries kind of take their toll on them.
1: Hmm, that's uh, great. Love. To yeah. Hear that. Sorry. It's it,
0: it really good this year. Like I don't know. Like it's hard. Like the thing is. um, You would even say like their third pairing defensemen, like they've been good too. The Capitals have had, uh, with with TBR out, they've had to experiment a little bit. But before that, they've had three D pairs that haven't changed the entire year. And they're all pretty good. I mean, I don't like Justin Schultz, but they have been paired with Trevor Van Riemsdijk, who's been really, really good. The Caps have a uh, rookie in Martin Farivari, who's playing with John Carlson these days. They've been really good. And uh, Dimitri Orlov and Nick Jensen. Might be like one of the best deep pairs in the NHL, very quietly. They're actually really, really good and they're really fun to watch. So, uh, yeah, like they're they're good, they have scoring depth that's kind of coming from a lot of parts of the lineup. At the start of the year, it was a lot of the top line, but lately, even guys like Garnet Hathaway are scoring. So, you know, and they're kind of like they the thing is, the Caps just keep finding these guys. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they do, and uh. You know, they they kind of just have a lot of depth throughout the lineup again. Like things are kind of shaping out well for them so far. I'm going to knock on wood real quick, but but that's kind of, I, I don't have a great answer for you. <laughs> Aside from all that. Okay. Anyway.
1: That's okay. Um, I was just checking to see. I know at one point Trevor Van Riemsdyk had more points than James Van Riemsdyk. Please to report. That oh Jay- yeah that's right I was
0: yeah. keeping track of that a little too.
1: <laughs> JPR has overtaken his little brother at this point, so at least uh, we. Probably for I the best for everyone, that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, oh. Trevor yeah, Vaneerems is- really good, by the way, though. Like that's actually been one of the things. I, I like. I, look, I, I'm not going to spend the whole podcast talking about Trevor Van like, but he's actually like kind of quietly a defensive like panacea because Justin Schultz has been. I think, really bad since the Caps signed him. Uh, And so they now have him paired with a guy who can actually play defense, and even they're playing better now. So really, like, things are kind of going well for the Capitals right now.
1: I mean, it's not like a third-pairing defenseman is not an important thing. It's not like a thing where you can just, you know have a shitty third pair and everything's great. Having a
0: good no, third No, I mean, unless you're, unless you're like the Chicago Blackhawks early 2010s, right? I think they had one cup run where they had, I think, didn't play the third pair at all. But, like, most of the time, yeah, you need, particularly in a regular season, you need three defensive pairs that at least are plausibly going to work together.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, if guys get hurt, you don't have to worry so much about the entire defense falling apart because you have to move a third pair guy up a little bit so yeah
0: yeah i mean the capitals like i said
1: the other thing that's been going on i think for the
0: last couple of years too that i think was a little behind the radar but they made a number of changes in hershey uh to their ahl team and now they have a, they're basically playing the same style at hershey that they are in, in dc and you see these guys come up from hershey now too uh, like Brett Leeson or, uh, you know, Alexi Protoss, two guys who no one had ever heard of. I hadn't heard of them really before. And they've come up and they've fit right in. And so, you know, really, I think the Caps from an organizational standpoint have really impressed, I, I think, me this year. And I think really turned a lot of heads around the league, too, just in terms of what they've been able to do.
1: I think so, too, because like you said earlier, I don't think it was expected that they would be this good.
0: So, no. Yeah, And like they deserve to be.
1: That's the other thing too. It's not really that fluky.
0: Like uh, you look at it, they have like, I think last time I looked here, it was like 52 and a half, 53%, like, you know, expected goals. They have good depth along the lineup and they've been doing this all without the power play being very good. So I, yeah, I, I've been super impressed by them this year. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm boring. And I just keep saying how good they are. I was not expecting this. I was expecting Like, a team that's mediocre can sometimes be interesting analytically because they'll be good and bad in different ways, but really things have kind of worked out for them so far.
1: Listen, I'm not going to begrudge (laughs) you being excited about your good hockey team.
0: I know. Well, I I feel bad because, like, I Kelly, like, no secret, we get along. Like, I, I, I like it when it's interesting, right, with other teams, and it's fun to kind of trash talk on Twitter, although... Most of the time, I feel like with uh, with like you know with me and you and uh, Japers Rink and and Broad Street, it's kind of like oh you know we're, we all mostly just get along. But yeah. you know like I don't know it's it's I don't know it's it's been it's been surprising I think how this is shaken out this year so
1: yeah. far at least. It it's definitely more fun when all the teams are good, and S- the rivalries exist as a result, and you can trash talk. Like if you're a Flyers fan right now, you can't trash talk anybody. What am I gonna like? What am I gonna say to you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your team is your team is good, and they have the greatest goal scorer of all time, who yeah. might win the Hart Trophy at 36. Which how, can we just like, talk about how insane that is?
1: I I love it. I love him. He's yeah. such an enjoyable player and such an easy guy to root for. I am like very excited to watch him break this goal record, which he's definitely. Yeah.
0: It it, it seems like seems like we're on that route, and I mean, like like one of the good examples of that is so the Capitals were playing the Blackhawks a couple of nights ago, and they tied the game with three seconds left. And I mean, it was Ovechkin making a gorgeous pass, which he's done a lot this year, by the way. There's a reason why he's leading the league in points again. And uh, yeah, like like you look at the most excited guy on the ice when another person scores, it is always Alex Ovechkin. I never Mm -hmm. understood the selfishness narrative; that was always stupid. Because you just look at him, and you're like, he's consistently the most excited guy on the ice when anything good happens. It's not yeah. just with him. And I I, I, think what's been fun about the Capitals winning the Cup, aside from just them winning a Cup, is that I think we finally got a pass from all these stupid narratives about how like Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals were only in it for themselves, and they're this team of... Young guns who are really fun, but also they can't get a gun in the playoffs, and yada, yada. And that's finally over, and now we can just enjoy Alex Ovechkin. And there's just so much to enjoy because he's just such a joyful player on the ice. Yes. Even at 36, It's he's not going through the motions still, which is, like, unbelievable because being a hockey player is really hard. And it's really hard to consistently have that desire for 15, 16 years like he does and and not have it look like a Sidney Crosby who I think at times kind of looks like a robot, right? Like. Yeah it's hard to do that it's just so freaking cool that Alex Ovechkin's been able to do that this year and because he's been so dominant at 36 now he's starting to get elevated into the greatest of all time discussion too which has been awesome
1: yeah it's just <laughs> as a hockey fan it's fun to be able to watch that kind of player like is he i i do think i'm i'm not gonna say that i i'm a Wayne Gretzky denier because that's silly but I do, I do kind of feel like it's too often just like brushed aside the idea that a player will be better than him. Like I, I think it's silly to just think that he's always going to be the best there ever was, and like no one's ever going to surpass that. Um, which I feel like a lot of people kind of do. But yeah,
0: I think it's just it's overly simplistic,
1: right? Like yeah, exactly. I mean, look, if you look at '80s hockey,
0: Wayne Gretzky was clearly the best player of his time when everyone we well you know the question you always say is oh if if mario lemieux had been healthy throughout his whole career maybe then he's like up there too but like i mean yeah like okay wayne Gretzky clearly the best player in the 80s but we play a different type of hockey now and like maybe maybe it's okay if we don't know who the best player in the nhl like history was maybe that's okay maybe maybe some like maybe we'll just always debate it and maybe that'll be a fluid thing and that's okay
1: yeah and there doesn't have to be just one like, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, like you said, best of his era, without question. Heads heads and shoulders above the rest of the guys. But I feel yeah. like if you put Ovi in a time machine and sent him back to the 80s. Like, oh, he scores infinity goals. Exactly. It would be like... A man <laughs> He's like, an alien then.
0: Like, no one, yeah. no one knows what to do with
1: him. Right. Exactly. Like, it, it's <laughs> just, you know, maybe we can, you know, give Wayne his due but also acknowledge that... As the game progresses, other players are just simply, you know, physically better than him, faster than him, stronger than him, just because of how much, you know, from six years old up until the time they make the league that they're just practicing and practicing and practicing. Maybe they have better shots than him. I don't know. It's just a thing that I, in my head, I'm like, all right, enough with the Gretzky, but.
0: Well, I mean, okay, I will say, like, I think there are a couple of Capitals fans who've taken this a little far because, like, you know, they'll, they'll, there's a couple of Caps accounts who I won't name, but who they like posting tweets basically just trashing Gretzky all the time because they'll, they'll look at the old 80s highlights and they'll be like, okay, yeah, like anyone these days could have scored back then. And all right, maybe that's fair. I I think it's a little overblown, like, to see that, those kind of tweets and takes because I don't know, like, Wayne Gretzky
1: is cool too. Like, these can all be cool. Right. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're right. And I do think that if you put Wayne Gretzky, like 1984 Wayne Gretzky in a time machine and sent him here, he'd still be a very good hockey player. Like it's not like you're probably
0: right. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, what was the thing that really set him apart was like his vision and his passing and right, kind of knowing where to be on the ice at all times. And obviously brilliant stick handler, brilliant everything, too. But like, yeah, you know, I I think that translates still probably. Yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. He would Talk- just uh, need to be a bit bigger now. He was a student. Yeah,
0: yeah, he need to he need to put on some muscle. I think he would uh, you know, like you know how like some of the eight, like the uh these kids come up from juniors and you know they look good, but then you're like, "Oh, all right. Like you look at them in a board battle and you're like, "Okay, they need to probably put on like 20 pounds or so, you know, and like maybe maybe that would be Gretzky.
1: Yeah, exactly. They would have put him with the nutritionists early and he would have been a big boy probably by the end yes. of it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: No doubt. No doubt. He probably actually as uh, painful as it was to say, like,
0: you know, maybe, maybe like kind of ed, would have ended up in like a Crosby-ish mold at times. hmm Yeah, mm-hmm. which I hate saying, but, but might well be true.
1: Yeah. Uh, Crosby's another <laughs> one. I can't, I, I have no longer the mental energy to hate him. He's just really good. He is oh, really good. But, he oh, was- but he's. A, I would
0: say a little less, I mean, okay, can I, can I ask you this? Like, if you had one guy to just watch on the ice, though, just from pure entertainment standpoint, You got to take Ovechkin over Crosby, right? Just like, I think just from a pure entertainment standpoint.
1: Absolutely. 100%. Crosby is a hockey robot that was like made in a Canadian laboratory where they make hockey robots. Like he's, he's extremely talented, obviously. Yes. But. Absolutely devoid of anything I would consider a fun personality, at least on the ice. Maybe in his regular life, he's like a super fun guy that everybody loves. Yeah, but like, and I mean, like a lot of his goals, right, kind of come from like ugly plays and stuff, right. which is like, fine. I mean,
0: those goals count as much as any other goal, right? I, I've okay. Believe me, as a capital Santa, <laughs> I've experienced that plenty of times. But, you know, at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I have one game to
1: watch. Like, I'm, I'm picking Alex Sveshkin every time. Right? How could you every not? Time. Every time. Yeah would you pick Ovi or McDavid right now
0: or just career
1: right now if you had to pick a player to watch right
0: now if I had to pick a player oh man this is hard um this ended up in an interesting place but uh, which it always does with us uh <laughs> all right if I had to pick one now oh I mean I it's hard not to like okay I, I, this is as a Capitals fan, I'm gonna like I would pick Ovechkin. As a neutral fan, as best as I can say, I don't know. Like, there's just something so brilliant about watching Connor McDavid skate. Yeah, it's just so majestic. I don't like. It's it's hard for me to look at that and just. It's it, it, it's an interesting contrast from Drysaitl, right? Who you know is not that kind of player and who's more of kind of I wouldn't say hockey robot, but kind of does different things well. But I don't know. Just McDavid is just so unicorn and it's just like he's on a different level that yeah. like there almost should be a different nhl that, that Connor mcdavid gets to play in because he <laughs> when he's on he, it's a, he's playing a different game than other people are playing right yeah he's just at a different speed and so i don't know like i i, I guess i would like fifty one forty nine. but i'd love to see them play together one day which will never happen but that would be just kind of a fun thought experiment just
1: to see that yeah That would be super fun. Uh, Would you you pick McDavid or would you go
0: Ovechkin? I'm curious.
1: So I see a lot more of Ovechkin than I do of McDavid just generally because I don't watch a ton of the Western Conference. But I just feel like the potential with McDavid to do like those crazy things where he just like – splits five guys and, like, makes everybody look silly and then scores a goal, like, end-to-end. Yeah, end. but the Rangers goal,
0: right, you know? Yes, like- or Or the Winnipeg goal or whatever other
1: goals. Right. I feel, like that, you know? I feel like with McDavid, there's more of a potential for him. It, it just seems like there are times during a game where he just decides, like, all right, enough of this, and then he just does whatever he wants. Like, no one can yes. stop him. No. If he decides that he's going to do a thing, he's like, all right, here we go. Just dance. <laughs> These five guys skate, you know, 20 miles an hour up the ice. Like this, it's it's. He's just like you said. He's a unicorn. He's crazy to watch. So if I had to pick one, I would probably pick McDavid. But if you told me I had to watch Alexander Ovechkin, I would not be upset about it. Well, and I mean, you'll you'll get to
0: half you'll get to quote unquote half to watch Alex Ovechkin in a few days. Um, I I will say though two two points. One is that early Alex Ovechkin, like, I I think, um, Dmitry Filipovich tweets these these clips out occasionally, like, early Alex Ovechkin is, like, is that same kind of unicorn. Like, he's just on a different Mm. level than other people. And, and what's, what's fun about that is he also, like, hits people too, and so, he's just like, Played with a certain kind of recklessness that was also just magnetic to watch. So, you know, and and to that point, the fact that we had to, like, struggle with it when Alex Ovechkin is 36 and Connor McDavid is, what, 25? Like, right. that is unbelievable that, like, we even have to struggle with that conversation.
1: That's a very good point. And a, a very good segue, by the way, to bring it back to this game that we're supposed to be yeah. talking about.
0: Um. <laughs> I think I think we're both bored by this game, so we've just started talking about other things.
1: Which, uh, I having, having done this quite a few times with you, Kelly, doesn't surprise me in the slightest. No, and I, I blame the Flyers because, like I said, it's just, <laughs> there's, there's no real, like, I can't, I don't have it within me to pretend that the Flyers have a, a really honest chance to win this game. So it's hard for me to, like, think of a situation where I could be like, hmm, I wonder what Greg thinks of the Flyers being able to, like, score four power play goals on the Caps' penalty kill, because maybe it's a yeah. it good. Probably, probably not happening. Caps have a
0: weirdly good penalty kill this year, too. Yeah. I, I keep I'm not saying surprised. that about random things. It's been weird. Although they, they got lit up uh, last game, but that just happens sometimes. You know?
1: So perhaps the way the Flyers win this game is to give the Caps a ton of power plays and score shorthanded goals during them. I mean, (laughs) that's, like, like, it's funny
0: you mentioned that. Like, now that Backstrom's back, like, that might not be the best idea, but I, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I've heard crazier things, I guess. I don't know. I I mean, probably not a good idea, but, hey, like, I— I don't know. Like, like, I don't know anything about hockey, maybe, right? Because when Uh, we say all this, we could get all on our soapbox, right? And the Capitals could have two shots from the point that get deflected, and the Flyers could have three shots from the point that get deflected and go in, right? That could happen, too, because hockey is super random, and the way that we have to play it now with everyone needing tips and deflections and the games all being 3-2 makes that very possible, right? So it's kind of the thing. I've, I've talked with uh, Sean McAdoo, the Down Goes Brown guy on my podcast before about this. And it's kind of the thing we don't like to say about hockey, but we all kind of have in the back of our head that we know is
1: true. Yeah, that it's uh, com- completely random. And yeah. other, you know, like s- some teams have their finger on the scale a little bit because they're highly skilled. But at the end of the day, the stupid... Montreal Canadiens can beat you in a shootout because even though shootouts are a coin flip, your team loses eighty percent of them.
0: I mean, they can go from being a Stanley Cup <laughs> finalist to having their GM be fired in twenty games, and we can all kind of be like, "Oh yeah, that kind of makes sense." Totally. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Like, think about that,
0: right? That's like that's insane. How like what other sport? I well, I maybe the NFL actually. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, that's like kind of an insane thing to happen, right? It really is.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Give me a score prediction, as always. We're, are gonna uh,
0: just as just as we say we don't know anything. I will uh, I will do my best. I, I'm always wrong, and uh, although I, think I actually picked the flyers to win last time, and I think they did. so. Yeah. Uh, this game's on the road, right? And I think the Caps play right before it. I think this is a game. It- Kelly, is this a game of a back-to-back for the Caps? Actually, wait, you wouldn't know that. Maybe I would know that.
1: Do the Flyers play the night before? They don't play the night before. The Flyers play Saturday and then not again until Tuesday. The okay. Capitals play the Queens yeah. on Sunday.
0: Oh, all right. So this is, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Caps play on Monday. I'm, I'm just looking at this now. So they're actually getting back in that every other game stage, which, Usually it's a good stage for them that's kind of like they love to rattle off these winning streaks in um, November and December. They've done this in years past, too, where they kind of get on this like little stretch of like playing every other game. and It seems to work for them. So I think they'll be up for this game. Like the uh, the Flyers are like a team that you would still, I think, for the Capitals get up for. So
1: I would say I think the Caps
0: win four to two with like Ovechkin getting a a late empty net goal to make me happy.
1: I'm I'm into it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Caps three to one with an empty yeah. net. Well, I I Carter Hart has been good despite the team in front of him, so I like to think that he won't let in too many. So maybe he gives up two and then gets the yeah. empty net while the Flyers are trying to do something. I don't know that the Flyers will score more than one on a competent goalie with a good defense in front of him
0: yeah I mean that's I, I I can't I mean I think we're kind of in a similar place with this game it sounds like which uh I think yeah. actually tell you the, this is the first time I'm doing this where uh you've actually picked
1: the Flyers to win
0: so uh or you picked them to lose sorry I know, so, I know.
1: It's, it's they have this year has been tough on you hasn't it they are slowly but surely just beating the life out of me all right. I well,
0: was, if you need, if you need yeah. like a virtual hug or something, let me know. I think uh, I think what, the one thing I try to do on Twitter is be kind of like what I am on podcast and what I kind of am in real life. So uh, I try to not be like a I don't know like a Glenn Greenwald style like I'm gonna curse you and be super angry at you all the time. That's not really my style. So I don't know if people people need a hug or something positive. I try to try to bring that as much as I
1: can. I appreciate that. You have a very sunshiny vibe about you.
0: well (laughs) i am done with finals so maybe maybe that's contributing to
1: it a little bit right now it could be and plus you're not in america so that is true that is true
0: although i will say netherlands got freaking creamed by covid like the last couple of months so it's uh i'm actually glad i'm leaving. Well, like everyone's getting creamed by omicron right now which i guess we're all just gonna say we're gonna move on like even in the netherlands like they're, they're restricting stuff but i think the appetite for a full style lockdown is just not here anymore
1: yeah, I don't think they'll ever do that again. Yeah. It's just they, they're, people just aren't going to do it, which is a real bummer because I think a lot of times it would help. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, well, go get your booster shots, people. Yay, please do that. <laughs> please do that. Um, Greg, thank you so much. Uh, let people know again where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, so my stuff is at jferserink.com. I have a podcast that's Radio. You can find that
0: at, at Radio and on major podcasting. We were off this week because I had two finals, so there you go. Um, we're going to come back next week. Uh, we're either going to have a major guest or it's going to be me and Adam, where we've, Adam and I are still kind of figuring that out. And, uh, yeah, and then you can find me at Y underscore jr. So there you go.
1: All right. Thank you. Hopefully this game is more fun than it is playing out in my mind right now. You never know. Greg, I hope if you get to watch it, you enjoy it. Well, I will. It'll probably just
0: be at six in the morning when the result has already happened, but I'll I'll cheer. (laughs) I'll cheer like I'll cheer like it hasn't.
1: So there you go. Perfect. Greg, thank you so much. Everyone enjoy the game. Go Flyers. Two episodes of Fly on the Wallin drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever
0: you get your podcasts. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freakin' Rocks.